step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the music city. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford coming to you. Sam Fleming in for Glenn Blackwell. Producer Kenny behind the glass. And hockey is happening this week, Sam. Hockey's happening. Finally. Finally. It's been forever, Justin, since we've been here. And it's I'm glad to be back first off with you and Kenny here in 102.5 The Game. But also hockey. Finally. <laughs> My sanity's back, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> we've been waiting a long time. We've we've been hearing about what's going to happen, how this is going to take place, how players are going to get to this phase four secure zone for a long time, and they finally gotten there. The, the PR came out that they've had thousands of tests for the past week and zero positives, which was fantastic news there, showing that player personal responsibility has really taken heed, which is fantastic. They get in the bubble, and here we are. Exhibition games are happening. They started yesterday, and you had people watching games that were saying, I would never watch a Pittsburgh <laughs> and Philadelphia <laughs> game, but here I am kicking it off. Yeah, and, and you know, I was watching those games yesterday, and that Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game was really a good one because it went to overtime. So it was right. a little bit exciting, and then <laughs> Toronto getting to see Matthews and Marner play, and then I was like, oh, I wonder who the nightcap is. Uh-huh. It's Edmonton and Calgary, the Battle of Alberta, and I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to fight in this game. And sure <laughs> enough, Zach Cassian's trying to start something, but it, it was so much fun to watch, and then I saw Ovechkin had a great goal uh, today, and the Lightning yes, played against the Panthers, and we're going to have the Rangers and Islanders, and our beloved Nashville Predators taking on the Dallas Stars tomorrow. Can it get any better than this? Hockey is back. It, it's back, and he, here's my one wish, my one wish for the exhibition game, Predators versus Stars. Clean. Yes, please. <laughs> Just clean let's keep it clean i mean for good reason they put rivalries out there for this for for everybody to be excited about this and, and having pittsburgh and philly and edmonton and calgary totally understand this but please let's at least get to the, the qualifying round and the round robin games clean yes just nice and clean please no injuries you know let's just get everybody back in the flow of the game yep. knock the rust off yep. let's have some good hockey though and uh, let's get to let's get to Sunday, as I like to say. Absolutely, and and we have a great show tonight. We have Brooks Bratton, the Nashville Predators, who is basically the the only media person from Nashville <laughs> that is that is there in this Phase Four secure zone. I can't <laughs> not say it like that uh, up there in Edmonton. So he's experiencing the bubble uh, up there with the team. And then we also have the new head coach for the University of Alabama and Huntsville hockey program, Lance West, will be joining us as well. So we're we're talking a little bit of everything. Then this week, if you haven't been paying attention on our Facebook page. We've been broadcasting the Elite Edge Hockey Showcase, which is run by Brandon Walker, who is with the Natural Predators, the hockey operations manager for the Predators. But he is up in the bubble right now in Edmonton. So you have this huge showcase going on that brings in prospects and talent from all over the country and most of the time the world, just not this year, unfortunately, for 
obvious reasons, but it brings in these prospects and also pairs them up with coaches from all over the junior leagues from NCAA schools when they're able to and not, not, and not on a freeze. But it brings in some great prospects from all across the southeast, especially to help showcase their talent, to learn more about being a good hockey player, a good human being, how to be a pro, how to get a scholarship, learn about these different junior hockey programs. And it's been fantastic to see over at Fordyce Center in Bellevue because we're seeing a lot of products that we've talked about on the show before, high school hockey players that also play for the junior preds and so many of these things. And Sam, when you were a, a young tot <laughs> not too long ago, you actually got to experience the showcase. And, and I'm sure parents out there that are listening or, or any student athletes that are listening, you're very familiar with this and because multiple sports have things called showcases where you're able to show off your talents. I know baseball has it. Obviously, basketball has these things. But give some insight, Sam, on what a hockey showcase is like. It is a grind, right? Oh, it, it's a grind because it's sun up to sun down here at the rink. And I mean, there's time that you get a little bit of a break in between, but there's testing on and off the ice you've got the bauer experience that they bring in there bauer testing you have two games in a day very grueling games i must say and then you know you go back to work the next day and you're being watched by all these great coaches but i've got to say i felt like i became a better hockey player after getting to go there and learn from some of these great junior coaches and played alongside some really good players i remember guys like kyle calamara was out there at the showcase uh aaron o'neill another guy who I got to team up with on my team and a bunch of the guys I played with on the Junior Predators. And I got to give Brandon Walker a lot of credit. This is the 15th Elite Edge Showcase. So it shows <laughs> how long, and he's and it's gotten better every year. But right. it's great that it stayed here in Nashville because all this talent's coming to the Music City to expand their hockey game. And that's, and that's just fantastic to me. And I had a fun time going back there as an alum and seeing how much it's grown. And what's fantastic about this, too, is there's there are alums that have been drafted in the NHL that have gone on to play D1 hockey, major juniors, and that's what makes it pretty cool is you see this talent has come through this program and have gone on to some bigger and better things. And so you, plenty of draft picks. I mean, let's see. I'm just going to kind of roll through here. and see. So Nick Dowd. He's, he's originally from Huntsville, and he's went on, and he's played for the Vancouver Canucks and the Washington Capitals. <laughs> two, pre- two pretty good teams, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just throwing some of those names out there like that, too. It's, it's impressive to see this talent coming through Nashville. And why, why I start off with this and why it's important is because we're seeing talent continue to develop in the, the southeast and especially in nashville but we're also seeing obviously huntsville atlanta and all throughout the southeast seeing talent come in through this and to see it come through nashville to know that they were at the showcase and discovered possibly in nashville is a great thing because it shows how much hockey continues to grow here and i spoke with jp dumont yesterday who's former Nashville predator now a coach with tph who's also the owner of the junior preds of the na3hl when when they were around here a few years ago and asked him what the difference was he's been here for a while obviously as a player and and now as a coach and in the community what the difference is with youth hockey players now he's like back back then people were excited about the predators they're really excited but the talent wasn't matching because the commitment wasn't necessarily there now what you see out of a lot of youth hockey players the commitment's there they want to be better they want to go and play d1 college hockey they want to have a professional career they have actual aspirations to go on and make this a career and not just doing it for fun not that anything's wrong with doing it for fun but you have these athletes that are committed to the sport and they're going to do things like this elite edge showcase where it's not just the on ice thing 
But it's the off-ice thing where they're learning how to become a leader. They're learning proper nutrition. They're learning yoga. They're learning how to take care of their bodies, how to make sure they're recovering properly as well, which is the things we see in professional athletes nowadays. And, Sam, you can attest to that, too, of the little things there, I'm sure, make a difference. And when you're learning things off-ice, it makes a difference in the on-ice product. Yeah, absolutely. And when I started playing hockey, the Predators were just starting to get big. I started when I was four years old, and I remember it was 04, 05. That was actually the lockout year. Um, that they had and the, and hockey was kind of growing at a slower rate but once the team got better you just saw more and more people want to play hockey but when I went to Elite Edge even in that it was in 2012 and they were starting to get the right ideas for the southern market of how to be a better player and the junior preds started to go in the direction of more competitive and except just double a they advanced it up to the AA elite level and then they went to triple a and then they partner up with TPH, and look what that's done. You've got players coming in from Atlanta, Huntsville, even Kentucky. I, I saw a guy that was from North Carolina that was a junior Preds player. So you've got all these guys who now want to play on the Nashville Junior Predators, and that's something that you wouldn't have thought just a couple years ago. But I really give credit to Brandon for what he's done because I think Elite Edge has started that motion of mm-hmm. getting these players. I, I watched Cal Essenbacher play today guy from Brentwood High School and oh my gosh he can fly I mean he had some incredible (laughs) incredible moves had a beautiful goal in that game I got to call in the black and silver one but even the futures players were playing really well and that was an exciting exciting couple games I and I know they're just like a showcase game but they're actually pretty entertaining to watch Mm -hmm. and and I think the coaches do a great job encouraging those players they're not just there to be behind the bench they're there to coach them from a different perspective. It's not the guy that's going to coach you throughout a season. It's somebody that sees you for four days and maybe can see something a little different than your current coach. And provides a a networking relationship, too, because you go to the showcase for a few years, make that relationship to where you start off going as a 14-year-old, and then when you're 17, three years later, and you're ready to to go and play college hockey, you want to play college hockey, you have a relationship. Or you're ready to go up and take the next step in playing junior to where you're playing outside of Tennessee right now because we don't have an NA team or a USHL team here that you have these relationships built. And and you mentioned Kyle Essenmacher with Brentwood and Jonah Story asked who's been the standout player from the Lead Edge Showcase. Kyle Essenmacher for me. We've seen him three times. Might help, but the kid has some afterburners. And folks, if you haven't been to a Nash high school hockey game and you go and, for instance, you see Brentwood High School next season, look for Cal Essenmacher. <laughs> he's going to light the lamp. It's, it's one of those things that's a given every single game that he's going to get at least one because he has the Jets. He has great positioning. And just put out that little mini scouting report on my own Twitter because I'm ready to see more and more kids from this area make it to the bigs. And when I say bigs, it doesn't have to be the NHL, but continue to show that talent in Middle Tennessee, hockey talent that is being discovered here and breeded here and not just coming here from somewhere else that you have a Tennessee born hockey player going off and playing professional hockey and that's it's going to happen soon we're going to see it just takes time and development for it yeah and you look at Lucas Bond Lance West one of our guests he plays for UAH now a good friend of mine you know you have Kyle Kalmar he's playing top level junior probably will be in the NCAA I think with Maine pretty soon if I'm not sure but I think Cal will be definitely somebody you see eventually Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's going to be awesome when we finally get that drafted player that was born in Tennessee and goes on to play. Okay. Up next, we're going to dive right into the Preds. What's going on in the bubble with Brooks Bratton of the National Predators here on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, the game.
Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Sam Fleming, producer Kenny Behind the Glass. Good song choice. I like that. Old like school Preds yeah. when the Zamboni was out. I know. There. I remember those days. <laughs> Man, all right. We on the line with us right now is Brooks Bratton. He is coming to us live from up in the bubble in the Phase Four Secure Zone. Brooks, thanks for joining us. Hey <laughs> Bradford, it's good to talk to you. I like I, one. I love the intro music as well, and then I like how you <laughs> threw the, the uh, Phase Four Secure Zone in there. That's that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it without going to the deep voice because it's you know secure. So, <laughs> and they make it feel that way from the looks of it, with all the fencing and everything too. <laughs> it it really is. Honestly, it's I feel very safe and very secure. And I was joking with someone earlier today that I mean, this is probably one of the safest places on earth right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> with with the protocols and and the the steps that are in place, but uh, it's I mean honestly you know what it's a really good setup. I, I've been very impressed so far as as has everyone else up here. Yeah, and that's obviously I can see that from the, the players have put out the coaches and everything too. And one of those things is what was it like for you just stepping off into the secure zone and just starting to look around? I mean that that first feeling of okay this is something just a little bit different. Yeah, well, so I was actually, uh, when, so when we pulled on in the buses, we landed on Sunday afternoon and uh, got off the plane. Of course, you do a quick little customs check and uh, get on the buses, and the buses drove us downtown here in Edmonton. And uh, as we pulled up to the JW Marriott, the team hotel, uh, the, there's kind of two layers of fencing, and they open up the one for the bus to pull in. And uh, then you walk through another gate, which they have open and closed behind you. And uh, as we were on the bus pulling in, uh, Assistant General Manager Brian Poyle was sitting in front of me on the bus. And I, I kind of just said to him, well, we're in now. And it was uh, it was kind of <laughs> surreal to think that, you know, there, there's there been so much build up to this. And uh, to finally be in it, it was it was a surreal moment then once we got in. And, uh, you know, a few days into this, I still kind of have a hard time believing that I'm actually here and that this is actually happening and we're going to play hockey tomorrow. Yeah, Brooks, uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's kind of indifferent being locked up in there, but I've got to ask you, because everybody asks from a player's perspective, what's it like being locked inside this bubble? But I've got to ask, what's it like for a reporter being locked inside the bubble of an NHL you know, Stanley Cup qualifier round right now? It's it's something. I mean, so I, I'm sure you guys know that each team was only allowed to have 52 people in their traveling party, and uh, one of those people on each team is is a what they're calling a content creator, and so that is my role right now. And so normally, I would only be uh, mainly doing the, the reporting aspect of things. So you know, writing some articles for Preds.com and putting out some tweets and writing recaps and and that sort of thing and maybe the odd interview here or there um but i've I've taken on a lot more responsibility now um so in addition to writing articles i'm taking photos and videos and sending those back for social media i'm doing some pr things and helping to run our zoom calls that we're having with players Uh, i think this is my fourth radio and television interview of the day (laughs) Um, so that there's, there's a lot going on right now. It's a lot of, a lot of added responsibility, but it's, I mean, it's honestly really cool to be one of those few people who were actually allowed in and, uh, can, can help cover this thing and, and give everyone else a, a bit of an eye 
or, or rather be the eyes and ears for everyone else and, and kind of just show everybody else what life is like, because hopefully this is a once in a lifetime experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's certainly something to be a part of, that's for sure. I think in your Twitter bar, you might need to add Brooks Bratton, comma, hot commodity. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad idea. I may have to pick you up on that. Yeah, because I saw you, but, but man, he's been making the radio rounds, but but hey, you're the go-to source for all this because you, you are, like you said, the eyes and ears of what we're seeing and hearing of what's going on behind the scenes there. And so I have to ask as well behind the scenes, we're seeing it on television, but have you had a chance to step into the arena yet just to see what it's going to be like tomorrow when the Preds finally hit the ice in a game? I have. I, honestly, I've actually been over there every single day, um, and, and it was one of those things that, so So for those who don't know, uh, the JW Marriott here is actually attached to Rogers Place by a sky bridge, and so it's obviously a part of the bubble, but it's a really quick walk to get over there, and we have to go over there every day anyway, because that's where the testing area is set up, and kind of in the entranceway of the arena. Um, it, it, it's similar to the main entrance of Bridgestone Arena, kind of how it's just a big open area. And instead of lines of fans going in for a game, it's lines of people to get tested. Um, but anyway, so inside the arena, uh, I've, I've looked around. I've gone up to the upper concourse and the lower concourse and just poked my head in um, at, at a bunch of different angles. And it's a really sweet setup. I think that's one of the, the bigger things that, you know, from a broadcast standpoint, the NHL wanted to really make it seem like, or I guess maybe take your mind off the fact that there aren't fans in the building. Whereas, you know, maybe some other sports, you see a lot of empty seats. That's not the case. All of that is covered up. There's a a ton of LED screens and and lighting and different cameras and a, a lot of elements that you wouldn't be able to normally use while there were fans in the building, because obviously you can't obstruct anyone's view with with this giant camera floating overhead so uh, maybe some listeners have already seen some of the games but if you haven't maybe uh, the predators game will be the first one you're planning to watch tomorrow i'm really excited for the viewer to see what this looks like because it is if if you've been whether you've been watching hockey for a month or you know five decades you've never seen a broadcast quite like this so that is something else that's pretty exciting to come out of this yeah watching the games last night what i saw because the seats are covered which i do like that's a nice touch but hearing some of injected crowd noise it reminds me that just the product right now in the exhibition games of an outdoor game because you're used to seeing this things around the rink set up but you're not used to seeing the crowd but you still hear a crowd which i think is a neat aspect because it still feels like a real game a real game that you're that you're experiencing and watching TV. So so far, just exhibition wise, I've loved the product of it, uh, and I'm very curious to see what they do for the actual play in round games. Uh, so very curious about that. Yeah, and the other thing I had to ask you, Brooks, is of course the Preds have they play tomorrow against the Dallas Stars, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that matchup really quick. But also, have the guys been up there uh, taking in the other games at Edmonton right now? So they're trying to keep everyone pretty tight within their own group right now. So the player, there is a player viewing area in the arena, and they will be allowed to uh, eventually go watch some games uh, when we get into the actual qualifying round and, and then later on in the postseason as well. So uh, I, I know that that is something that, that they're interested in, and, and coaches and general managers also have their own suite over there, so they're welcome to go watch any other games as well. 
Uh, and as far as the matchup against Dallas, I mean, I think it's great for an exhibition just because it's a natural rivalry. And, you know, that's not to say that they wouldn't be ready to go if, no matter who the opponent was. But the fact that it's Dallas, a team that you have a playoff history with, a team that, of course, you met in the Winter Classic and played in two of your last three games before the pause back in March, that will help the Predators, I think, get to that level that they need to have against Arizona in game one because you guys know as well as I do playoff hockey is a totally different animal and if you're not ready to go from the start of the puck drop you're going to be in trouble and so I think with only having one exhibition game a single tune-up to get ready for all of a sudden you're into playoff hockey I think it's really good it's against a team like Dallas because there's already again a rivalry there a little bit of hatred and That'll that'll get you going a little bit. It'll get the blood pumping, and, and the guys are ready to go. They're, they're so excited to be here and just have the chance to play hockey. And uh, I, I was telling someone earlier, and I wrote it on my story that's, that's on NashvillePredators.com from today, but I would argue that this is the most highly anticipated exhibition game in franchise history. And I, I think that's the way you've got to approach it and look at it. And this team, again, is just really excited to play hockey tomorrow. I can only imagine, especially when they have to wait two days of watching other teams be able to play and they, they have to wait to get up there, too. And, and Brooks, before you have to let you go, for those that don't know, that don't follow along on Twitter, Brooks is one of the best dressed people at Bridgestone Arena on game days. <laughs> and so I have to ask this question, too, Brooks, especially because you're you're packed, prepared to be there until October, which I'm sure everybody here hopes is the case is there till October. How many suits or jacket combinations with pants did you bring there to make sure you could be coordinated and have options? <laughs> so that was a uh, popular topic before we left. And it was a question because the players don't necessarily have a dress code, mm-hmm. right? Like normally for games, you're wearing a suit and tie and everything. And I think every team's doing a little bit differently. We'll see what the Preds break out for tomorrow. Uh, but as far as me, I knew that I was, because I think, I think the coaching staff and, and managers and whatnot are still going full suits and tie. So I will be doing the same. I brought, um, four different suits and uh, I think probably 10 or 11 dress shirts and probably 10 to 15 ties or so. Uh, So there's a lot of different combinations in there. Uh, I'm sure I'll probably, if we're here long enough, I'll probably end up repeating a few. Uh, But, but you got, I mean, you know me, you got to have options. Oh yeah. So it was, it was pretty daunting to have to pack for a trip like this. Luckily we have, uh, some laundry services available, so I didn't have to worry about packing sixty pairs of underwear or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was it was certainly something to pack for. So even though there probably won't be anybody who will really see me, uh, you, you still got to look the part. So I'm I'm ready to go. Absolutely. And if anyone's listening that's really good at math, wants to pop in those numbers and come out to the actual number of possibilities, that would be fantastic information for Brooks to have for future appearances on radio, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I would I would appreciate Yeah, shoot me a tweet. If, uh, again, four, four suits, I think 10 dress shirts, and probably 15 ties. There we go. Well, well, well Brooks, you know, we'll wish you all the best to stay safe up there and enjoy the experience. Like you said, hopefully it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing this has to happen, but glad you're up there and being able to soak this in and experience it, and we just appreciate your insight. For sure. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you.
Good to have you. Folks, that is Brooks Breton. He's the Senior Communications and Content Coordinator for the Nashville Predators. He is up in the Phase 4 Secure Zone, and just really lucky to have him provide us some insight on what's going on up there. And you can tell, he's pretty excited to finally get going. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, he's one of the few guys for the Preds who gets to see this, and that's pretty special for him, and we appreciate all he's doing. And glad he could talk to us and I got to agree, one of the best dressed guys you do see at Bridgestone Arena. Absolutely. Okay, up next, we're going to switch over to college hockey. We have Lance West, the University of Alabama and Huntsville head coach, joining us on Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025, The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Sam Fleming in for Glenn Blackwell this week. And producer Kenny with some oh, great tunes, man. I'm loving this. The classics. Sometimes you got to kick it old school. Old school. I love old school, man. Yes, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, it's time to switch over to some college hockey talk. Yes, in July, the end of July, the midst of summer, we have college hockey talk. And we have the new head coach for the University of Alabama and Huntsville Chargers, Lance West joining us right now. Lance, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, glad to get the opportunity to talk to you. Absolutely. And, and we've been, obviously, big supporters of the Chargers for such a long time here. Just wanted to make sure people know about the program. So just want to start off first with you, you've been associated with this program for so long. Uh, previous stints as assistant coach, as a player as well during the D2 days, and assistant coach recently and now head coach. Just what are the feelings that you have right now knowing that you are the head coach of the program? Well, you know, it's been uh, pretty uh, emotional roller coaster the last few months, but this is always the place I've wanted to be. You know, you know, it'd be funny when guys say dream jobs and things like that, but it's where my family's from. It's where I played college hockey, where I got my degrees. Uh, it's home for me now, so it's a special place. And to have the opportunity to try and help this program be saved and rebuilt is uh, just a unique opportunity, and I'm excited for the challenge. And you mentioned right there being saved, and we saw that over Memorial Day weekend and, and into that week following it too, just the, the community, and not just the community in Huntsville, but the entire hockey community stepping up to really support this program and, and what it's doing for the development of young men. What did that mean to you as an alum and as a coach to see the commu- the hockey community in general step up like that? Well, you're pretty proud of it. You know, like there's so many guys over the years that started the program and have done it and have impacted the community of Huntsville and and hockey in general in the South. You know, we were back in the day before the Preds came in, you know, we were the hockey capital of the South. We still consider ourselves that. And, you know, the, the, really the grassroots of hockey in Alabama is, is really tied to our program. And, and hockey's grown and minor hockey and the pro teams have come in and done just a fantastic job of, of really taking over and building hockey even more so. But we're extremely proud of our history and what we did and, and, uh, you know, I've been part of that for 18, 20 years. I've known a lot of guys. And, you know, for me, it's just uh extremely, extremely proud moment to see so many people in Canada, all over the place, North Dakota fans, um, Nashville, wherever else, just step up and say, you know what, um, we want college hockey. We want to help them survive in the area. And hopefully uh, college hockey in general got that message. <laughs> 
Yeah, Lance, thanks for joining us, and we're glad to see that the UAH program is going to be sticking around and you're going to be the head coach. But I've got to ask you, this is quite a unique period in the hockey world in the sense of an NCAA coach. What are you doing right now to try to keep your players focused on the potential upcoming season and try to keep them together as a group? Well, you know, I think that's been a little bit easier. I'm, I'm going to defer kind of another subject for just a sec where, you know, the guys that are, are committed to our program and stuck with our program during this time, and the, the 16 guys we were able to get committed uh, to a Division One program in two months um, before school started is pretty impressive. And these young men are committed to coming in, and, and they all feel like they have something to prove. Uh, we as a program and we as individuals together have something to prove. And I think it's been easy to motivate our guys. Um, they all know what they're getting into. Um, they all have that little chip on their shoulder, um, and they're doing the work. And we've just been really trying to share as much information and be honest with them as we can. This is the situation. This is what we face as a group. Um, you know, this is what the nation faces. This is what college hockey faces. Um, and I really just stole uh, some information from Lincoln, uh, listening to Nick Saban one day and, you know, told the guys, look, the teams that just focus and prepare – um, and do what they need to do right now versus focusing on when they're going to start and what's going to happen, they're going to be ahead of the game, and our guys are doing a good job with that right now. That's great to hear, too, and it's good to see them staying focused through this time. And I know, as Justin said, you've been a part of UAH pretty much your whole career, but I've got to ask you just a simple question. What is your big expectations uh, for the, your first season in charge as head coach of the UAH Chargers? Well, you know, we'll get our staff together and we'll talk about that. For, but for me, um, it's really just to cement the foundation again and, and what we're going to be about, build a culture, and, you know, give these guys a great college hockey experience. For me, I want to return the atmosphere um, of guys coming to this place and having a great experience, um, enjoying the school, enjoying the community, and coming to the rink every day, um, being excited to play. Um, and that's first and foremost for me, and if I do that, um, I think we're going to surprise some people, and, and we'll, we'll worry about the results after that. Just follow the process of enjoying ourselves, learning, preparing, representing the program, and, and hopefully the results will come just from doing the right things. And again, with us right now on Penalty Box Radio is the University of Alabama in Huntsville head coach Lance West, an alum of the program and previous assistant coach, now the head coach. And so, Lance, looking into this, diving a little bit more, I uh, always love kind of talking coaching philosophy on things, too, and you've meshed a little bit there with it but trying to dive in deeper like what is one of your philosophies in terms of how you want games to run and operate is it just activating defensemen is it kind of gearing more towards what the nhl's evolved into nowadays by having all five guys running in there what are one of the little things without giving away your whole strategy what's one of the things you like to focus on with your teams and how they run no anyone who knows me in, in the 20 some years that i've done this and, and the one year that i was a, an interim head coach before this and I'm a pretty offensive-minded guy. I really love to activate the D. Um, I've had my D the one year I was in Fairbanks as a head coach as a leading scorer on the team. Uh, so I am a five-guy kind of philosophy in the offense, very active um, defense in the offense. But I also realize you have to coach to your personnel. Um, we have a young team. Uh, we're going to have to see what we have, and we're going to have to adjust a little bit. I think we're going to be more of a philosophy of five guys, but also – um, this year playing 200 feet, getting pucks behind teams and making earn every inch of ice um, up and down the ice versus making it short. We're going to play what I call a long rank. We're going to get pucks deep, um, and we're going to get after teams. 
Um, eventually, hopefully, we can build into the kind of program that likes to get up and down the ice and plays with pace and involves five guys. And and seeing this too, like you said, really young, and seeing all these new guys that have committed to coming to UAH too, just because I mean because their spots opened up as well. But I'm sure there's a, like you said a chip on their shoulders as well, and a chip on the shoulder. A lot of guys that have stayed with that program that want to be there to try to build something new. How can you kind of dig into that and really even push that more to motivate them to push further than maybe people would expect? I mean, Barry Trotz had to do that a lot in his early times with the Natural Predators of again working with the talent that he has, but he's able to get a lot out of that too. So how do you motivate that chip on their shoulder and make them use that to the best of their ability well you know it's it's really just setting it in as a message from day one in recruiting um i think being honest with them telling them where it's at where we are um what the expectation is and then just sharing as we go how people view it what the what people see us right now and what we want to prove um you know um and, and let college hockey know that you know as a lot of our guys have said you know we've had some guys that have done great things build foundations, facilities, weight rooms. The guys before me, the coaches have all brought something. We're good people at it. we got to add to it. Um, but I don't think there's going to be any problem um, with the guys we have that returned um, with a chip on their shoulder. Our leaders have it. We've talked about it all summer. Um, they're going to have that message. Uh, they're going to have that expectation of every one of their teammates. There's going to be that accountability of, you know, there's no – no being uh, surprised with how teams view us, um, and we're going to get after them every night with, with that mentality and just a constant reminder and just in practice against each other um, having something to prove. And that's excellent to hear there, too. So before I have to let you go, I know we have plenty of folks down in Huntsville listening and plenty of supporters of the program listening. What's one message you want to get to them in terms of just season tickets and supporting the program and, and the message you want to get to them right now? Well, you know, obviously the first and foremost is just to thank them. I mean, they've stepped up. They've been there. We've had a little bit of a season ticket push where we've tripled our, our numbers from the previous season already and done a great job. But the message I have is, is come back out. You're going to get to see guys who care, guys who are going to work together, guys who are going to work um, for the program and for the community to represent it the right way that have that. And it's always more fun to come to the rink and watch 20 guys on the ice who are probably better than they are individually. And I really believe that's the kind of group we're going to have next year. Um, these guys have been impressive to talk to and recruit. They're all excited for the opportunity. And the message is just to get people to come out um, and see these guys and let them make you believers. That's excellent right there. Well, Lance, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Can't wait to get down there and see some games and to see you in action. Guys, I appreciate the time. And, uh, Look forward to watching the playoff hockey here with you. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Thank you so much again. All right, folks. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Lance West, head coach at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Folks, I, I, we preach this all the time, but especially when we're able and it's safe and when things are able to get going down there, make the drive down to Huntsville. You're getting to watch NCAA Division One college hockey down in Huntsville, only about 90 minutes away from Nashville. It's a quick and easy drive. It's a fun time. They're going to be putting so much more just in the fan experience aspect of it, and I promise you it'll be fun to see future professionals there, too, from both sides, both teams. You have guys that are going on to play professional hockey, whether it's in the SP, HL, the ECHL, even the AHL as well. It's fun down there. College hockey is in the Southeast. Go support them at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Sam? Yeah, and you look at, like, 
Cam Talbot, who's now right. in, who's been in the NHL, and you look at Josh Kessner, ECHL MVP. Those guys came out of UAH, and I'm sure there's just that one player we don't know who it is yet mm-hmm. that could make the next impact in the NHL potentially, or one of those leagues you mentioned. And I agree, if you want to see some college hockey, go to the Von Braun Center. It's going to be a fun time, and they've done. They're going to do a lot of things to make that experience better. And like you said, you bring up those names, you never know who you could be seeing a future star, a future breakout player. So you got to get down there and experience that action. Okay, up next, we have lots of questions to answer from all things Predators to, to whatnot. We're going to take those on right now. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Until he, you know, on that higher register right there, I couldn't match that. Got to, got to save my voice. That's the, that's the thing that, if anything, might make money. <laughs> it's, not, yes. it's not the face. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Penalty boxer here in ESPN 102.5. The game. Justin Bradford, Sam Fleming joining me for Glenn Blackwell this week, and producer Kenny with hitting them high notes. <laughs> man, I try. <laughs> hey, way better than me, man. Way better than me. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, we have a slew of questions covering everything that you could probably think of oh, yeah. we want to answer. So Crazy Kyle, Crazy Kyle has this question. The the best organist that there is in the league, the best snacks for watching Preds hockey at home. For me, I, I love nachos. I love nachos. That's great. Pizza is fantastic as well. But for me, if I could do it, I'm going to have some probably pulled pork and we're going to put those on top of a bed of tortilla chips, and I'm going to layer it with cheese, and then some more pulled pork, and then some cheese, and then probably some pico and barbecue sauce and pulled pork. Then I'm going to pop that in the oven and get it nice and warm. I'm going to make those chips nice and warm, and the cheese ooey gooey. Oh, oh gosh, man, that sounds good. Um, <laughs> you know, probably one of the snacks that over quarantine that my mom's done a really good job making is these homemade nachos where we get the cheese and the beef, and we don't actually like melt the cheese on it they're just like sitting on top but one of my favorite things to have is like a homemade chipotle bowl okay with either, with either pork or steak with rice uh lettuce cheese and some salsa mm-hmm. put on top um if we're going like snack crackers i i've always been a cheese it kind of guy okay while Those watching a preds game so get your own box yeah get, get your own box of cheese <laughs> no that's great I, we'd have i think four boxes of cheese it's at home oh yeah because the lady loves to find great deals and she found a good one there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay alex asks which player or players need to step up the most in order for the predators to have success in these playoffs I'm going to go with the players part of this. So goaltending, whoever's in net, is going to be a key factor in this. And then for me, I think throwing in the X factor, and this is the player I've been going with as X factor, is Kyle Turris. Just because the expectation has always been there for him to perform like what he did when he first came to Nashville via the trade. Now we finally started to see him to wake up 
a little bit more getting into John Hines system and being put in a position to actually succeed as well has been big too. So Kyle Turris is one of those ones that I think can be the X factor and to step up and to score some timely goals. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, I think a lot of players were starting to heat up right before that stoppage. You look at Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson. But the guy I'm going to say that I really would like to see get his playoff form that he had from last year when he was in Columbus is Matt Duchesne. Mm -hmm. I I want that playoff Matt Duchesne to come alive, and I really think he has a good chance to. And I'd also love to see Colton Sissons kind of get some of that playoff form that he had going in that Stanley Cup run. And heck, Maybe even throw Austin Watson in there if he could score a few. But I think my main guy would be Matt Duchesne. I mean, hey, Ryan Johansson's wearing Sisson's shirt in a post game press <laughs> in a post practice press conference, and he because he said he wanted to bring some of that good luck from the Stanley Cup playoffs back to it. Yeah. <laughs> so next question is coming to us from Sam. Not you. Different Sam. Uh, What is the likelihood that the playoffs are canceled halfway through due to too many players testing positive? I think it's very unlikely at this point. Reason being is we saw that the players coming out of Phase 3 entering Phase 4 with zero positive tests. And there wasn't a trend of upwards like we're seeing in the MLB right now because there isn't a bubble. We're seeing complete downward trend for the NHL. It would have to take guys breaking the bubble or having some sort of outbreak in the hotel staff. But even then, they're keeping everything fully separate as much as possible there too so i think the likelihood of this happening to where there's an outbreak is very low because of the bubble the way it is fully secured there's hardly any interaction with anybody that does go outside of the bubble and that's hotel staff but even then it's they're not interacting at all food's being delivered it's not being they're not interacting with with those folks so the likelihood of this of the nhl actually completing the playoffs i think is very very high because they do have a very secure bubble uh sam anything to add to that yeah i just i've been really impressed with what brooks Mm, said when he came on about how well they've done and seeing all the posts that they've done that place looks like really secure it looks like it's its own city up there in Edmonton, but I, I think you look at the NBA too, they're doing a good job with the bubble, but you look at the MLS and you look at the MLB, it, it's been a little bit different. The MLS has started to get better. Unfortunately, Nashville SC suffered not being able to be a part of that tournament, but the Marlins, man, that's just been rough. But I, I think I think the NHL is doing a great job, and I think we see the full playoffs. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Up next is from Dave. What kind of adjustments do you foresee the Preds making in anticipation of playing against uh, Rick Tockett's system? For me, it's it's hard to say adjustments because it's been so long since they played games, and now they've had a training camp with John Hines in that they've been able to learn his system more than being on the fly like they had to during the regular season where you'd have game, day off, day off, game, day off, game, day off, game, where it's just tough to instill any sort of system. Now they're doing that. So I think the adjustments are learning his system, seeing how that goes with his offense, because Tockett's system in Arizona, very stout defensively, the second least amount of goals allowed in the entire NHL, great goaltending they've had there, their defense just doesn't give up much, so it's going to be in the Nash- on, on Nashville's forwards to push through that defensive Rick Tockett. Yeah, and Arizona is a team that reminds me a lot of that 2017 Nashville <laughs> yep. team. There's not, sure there's Phil Kessel, there's Taylor Hall, there's Clayton Keller, but and Oliver Ekman Larson and but there's not like a full team of stars here. You've got Jacob Chikrin, who's an underrated defenseman. Uh, they've had Michael Grabner, who's got the wheels back and going really fast. Darcy Kemper, who went from being a pretty much career backup to like an elite level goaltender, and then they've got Anti Ranta to back him up. So they have a well balanced team on Arizona, and just don't sleep on them. I think Nashville's got to play their game, play aggressive. And they've got to come out flying that first game on Sunday. 
You're absolutely right. Okay, next one up is from, let's see, Landry. Landry the dog, for those of you that don't know, asking Puck or Landry. It's been a while since we've spoken with Landry, but it's the talking dog that, that you see a lot of times on social media. And Landry has these videos that she puts up pre and post game. And she tries to tell it like it is. <laughs> no nonsense on these videos, too. But Puck is the other dog in this family. So Puck or Landry, and I'm still going with Puck. Puck, I, I've just loved meeting Puck every time I've met Puck. And plus, he's fluffy. It's so very fluffy. It's hard to pick against dogs. I think you've got to go with both both of them. I mean, they're, they're very hockey true. dogs. I mean, I'll give Landry the benefit of the doubt. Okay, just to go 50-50 Just to on go that. 50-50. Totally understandable. Okay, the next one is relative to our previous guest. This one is coming from Armin. What conference would be a better fit for UAH, the Atlantic, the CCHA, or another? Granted, any conference would be good, obviously, but what we're seeing with St. Thomas look, going to the CCHA, and that's eight teams right there, and the t- other teams in the, in the CCHA are leaving the WCHA and did not invite Huntsville to be a part of it. I find it very hard to believe that they're going to want Huntsville a part of it because they left them out of the original seven that they were taking to the CCHA. That being said, I don't think that's the best fit for them because of that reason. Like you, They left you out for scraps, and you, you still want to be a part of that. So I think going Atlantic, no matter what, it's going to be a lot of travel for any team that is bringing Huntsville in, which is unfortunate. But... Why not the Atlantic? Maybe so. It'd be great if some other SEC schools or other schools in the Southeast would step up and develop Division I hockey programs because there's plenty of money out there. Yes, even during a pandemic, there's a lot of these universities that have plenty of money. They're you know, saying, hey, we're going to be on campus. They're taking these tens of thousands of dollars from kids, from donors and everything. There's money out there in athletics. Well, you know the schools we're talking about, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, even though they're their own mess when it comes to athletics right now. But if you had schools step up and do this, it's not just to help out this program, but you can have successful college hockey programs and there aren't enough in America to give students here an opportunity to play college hockey. And that's what we need are more programs to give these students a place to play. So they're not having to travel outside of the U.S. Or if they don't want to play junior, they can play college hockey, not have to be forced into the junior programs to further their careers. I'm going on a rant here because it's something that's really big to me because you haven't seen the expansion in college hockey. They've, the number of teams have stayed the same, but the number of talent that deserves to be playing NCAA Division One hockey has grown. That's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, and I agree. I think if you could get an SECHC kind of build to move up to D1 and you have an SEC conference, imagine the CBS with college hockey. I mean, oh. that that would be something to watch week in and week out. We only have about a minute left, but this is from David. The hot take on the Seattle Kraken in the uniforms. I love it. We were talking last week about Kraken or Sockeyes. I would have been fine with the Sockeyes, but I've wanted Kraken since day one because – Let's be a little bit different. And people that are are busting on the uniforms and the logo, I love little small details and logos. So the tentacle coming up the S and then the little I, I love it. It's it's not simple. There was a lot of thought put into this. Don't say well, who designed this one? Did you put it on clipper? <laughs> no, there's a lot of little thought processes inside of this. I love it. I love the space needle and the anchor. Those little touches right there are what matter to me when it comes to design of these things. So you know what? If you don't like those little things or appreciate those little things, bug off. Yeah, one thousand two hundred <laughs> names considered, and they picked the Kraken, which I think is the best one. And there's so many good Twitter jokes coming oh, out. Oh man! But as they say, 
Release the Kraken! Release the Kraken. But the Kraken's not going to get released into the Phase 4 Secure Zone. <laughs> aye, aye. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. For those of you that are interested, we will be streaming the Elite Edge Hockey Showcase Championship Games tomorrow on Penalty Box Radio's Facebook page. So, for Sam Fleming, producer Kenny, for our guest, appreciate you tuning in. Hockey is back. Enjoy this weekend full of hockey wherever you can enjoy it. This is Justin Bradford. Thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.